0: Hey folks, you're listening to Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez. I co-host this show with my best friend, M-Fear, and our team of correspondents known as the Glitterati. Happy December. We've made it to the end of another year. 2023 is drawing to a close, but rest assured, we still have a bunch of great episodes coming your way because we do this show every single Tuesday for you. This week on the show, kicking off December, it is our annual Match of the Year special. This is where we ask the Glitterati, we ask a bunch of our friends and former guests if they would uh, just come on our show again and tell you about their favorite women's matches from this year because... That's that's what this podcast is. So, women's wrestling podcast. We talk about women's wrestling that we enjoy and love. And this week it's a love fest. It's just people gushing left and right about their favorite women's matches from different promotions, matches they watched as fans, matches that they wrestled in as performers. All sorts of matches from all sorts of places. I guarantee you there's going to be at least a couple matches mentioned on this episode that you haven't seen yet. Even if you think you're that person who's seen everything, who's watched every single show there is on IWTV. If you think you're like a Val Pancakes or Don Halliwell who's seen it all, maybe not. Maybe there's one or two matches, great matches out there that you haven't seen yet. We are going to tell you all about those and then we're going to encourage you, go track them down. Go find those matches watch them and enjoy some great quality wrestling and then take all that knowledge, put it down on paper because voting is open now for the 2023 Glitter Bombs, our year end awards, our biggest show of the year, our Wrestlemania, our Wrestlequeendom, the Glitter Bombs happen. It's our last episode of the year, every year. This case, December 26th, the Glitter Bomb awards show. We get dressed up in fancy suits and dresses. We go to a convention center that we rented. We unfold the chairs ourselves. We put up streamers. We buy Cheetos and dump them in a big punch bowl all that stuff and then we bring in more guests, more fans and we reveal that night the winners of a bunch of awards voted on by you, not by us. We don't provide nominees, we don't provide suggestions, none of that stuff. Literally we give you a blank ballot and we say you tell us who are the best baby faces in women's wrestling this year? Who is your favorite tag team or stable? Who had the favorite look for you? Who was the best in vignettes, in promos, in song and dance numbers. Who was the biggest debut for promotion this year? What was your favorite wrestler? What was your match of the year? See, it all ties back together. You listen to this week's episode. You already are. Good, Good job. You go watch some more matches. You decide what your top five favorite matches of the year were, or top three, top one, whatever. You don't have to fill out the entire ballot. You fill out as much as you want to. You put one name in each category. You can skip a category if you're not sure. It's totally up to you. You tell us your favorites. Matches, wrestlers, commentators, all that good stuff. Vote now. Voting is open until December 14th. The website is tiny.cc slash pod. Vote now. Before December 14th, you get one vote, one ballot. Make it count. We tally the results. We'll reveal all the winners on December 26th. And they'll even get physical awards, prizes, trophies, from us, well, by way of you. Because again, my vote counts just as much as your vote. No more, no less. tiny.cc slash grit glitter pod. Please go vote now. Please tell your friends. The more people who vote, the more the winners can brag that they really are the most popular wrestler in town. Edith Surreal has won two years in a row. If you love Edith Surreal, go vote for her again. Make it three in a row. If you think there's somebody else who just strikes that one chord in your heart, just a little bit more, go vote for them. Give them a fighting shot at this one. The Glitter Bombs are open now. Please go vote and check out. Stick around. You know what? You can do both at the same time. You can go vote while you're listening to this podcast. So go load up that website right now, tinycc glitterpod. Start filling out your ballot and enjoy our match of the year. Special.
1: I'm care. I've got a big new hair. I kind of wish you'd say, I'm proud what I said. Every couple weeks, besides the sun is on the beat. I kind of wish you'd say that you don't want to miss me. Cause I am in the skeleton and my blood is
2: clear. Hey, folks, this is M. Fear, and I'm going to give you my match of the year 2023. Um, As you can probably tell, my voice is not what it typically is. Uh, I've been dealing with a bit of a cold, thankfully not COVID, but a bit of a cold this weekend, and uh, just getting my voice together enough to record this is something, so I'm going to make this kind of brief. A lot of major contenders for Match of the Year for women's wrestling in 2023, many of them, unsurprising to those who probably listen to this podcast, um... Many of them coming out of Impact's knockouts division, and that is where I get my particular pick. Have I seen matches that that went longer or uh, featured more gymnastic feats or um, had a bigger star turn? Possibly. But my match of the year is the Killer Kelly versus Masha Slamovich dog collar match from Impact's Against All Odds. I've come to realize I really like dog color matches when they are done well and done effectively, um, when they are done in a culmination of a story, of a particular story. But but in this case, what I really loved about this dog color match is not just the match itself, but what it ended up setting up between Masha and Kelly for the months to come. Because... We get this wonderful match, brutal, perfect perfect example of a dog collar match, great use of the chain, great use of both of these women's killer instincts, just perfectly brutal in the ways that you want to see a dog, dog collar match without having to resort to other histrionic elevated aspects like bringing in tables and chairs. This one relied solely on the collars and chains, and I really appreciated that. There were great hanging spots. There was turn um, turnaround with the chain. Just a fantastic, like nice, brisk 12-minute match. Everything you kind of want in a dog collar match. And then, at the end, you get this lovely moment of Masha recognizing a kindred spirit in Killer Kelly. And this will be the opening that uh, leads to their forming MK Ultra, the tag team, and becoming tag champions of the knockouts division. Whatever your complaints may be or whatever your misgivings about how that tag division is booked... It's undeniable that this team has incredible chemistry and uh, their in-ring prowess is undeniable. That chemistry is fully on display here in this Dog collar Our Match. Uh, they just have insane amount of in-ring chemistry. Kelly brings this wonderful kind of lurid uh, of sensuality to it that I, I feel like there's a deeper discussion to be had about, you know, elements of of consensual kink and and BDSM in wrestling and how the dog collar match kind of perfectly signifies this, perfectly a perfect stand-in for this. But most importantly, you get a really great match with really great storytelling. And you get a story that doesn't end when the match ends. You get the next chapter beginning right at the finish. So my match of the year, against all odds, Masha Slamovich versus Killer Kelly in a dog collar
3: match. Hey grit and glitter, glitterati and glitter tears. I'm Lad. I'm one of the people who goes to the live events in Pittsburgh with M and occasionally Harley. My favorite match this year was Mickey James against Jordan Grace in a title versus career match at Impact's Hard to Kill all the way back in last January. Normally I'm all about the in-ring work. But this match had been the culmination of several storylines, and it had the potential to spawn a huge amount more. Just starting off, Diana Perazzo had interfered for both Jordan Grace and Mickey James at various points in this feud because she wanted Jordan versus Mickey. Perazzo had beaten Jordan Grace before, and but had been unable to beat Mickey James up. To and so she wanted Jordan Grace to win so that she could take the title herself, but she was denied. And on the other side, Mickey James was at a must-win. Her last rodeo storyline had been masterfully executed, and she had started to show a little bit of weakness and had barely scraped by the skin of her teeth in the last few matches leading up to this one. And then she cheated the win, And this should have resulted in a heel reign for the ages. But that's not what happened. Mickie James had to drop the title due to injury. And while we got an absolute masterpiece of a match between Jordan Grace and Diana Perazzo, it wasn't where everything had been building to. And it wasn't the same. And now we have Trinity as the title holder, which is great. And it's getting more people invested. But man, I still look back to what if and this match was just masterful storytelling.
4: Hello, it's Mayday and I'm here to record my pick for Match of the Year. Now obviously that would be Macha Slimovich versus Jordan Blade at CFU Slimovich vs. Blade. Check it out, it's free on CFU's YouTube. But in terms of non-biased picks, I think I would have to go with Deanna Perrazzo versus Trinity at Slammiversary. It was Trinity, formerly known as Naomi in WWE. It was her first big test to see if she could, quote-unquote, hang with someone on a bigger stage that was not with WWE. And yes, they had been building her up since she got an impact, but this was like her first big showing. And, you know, Takes Two to Tango, and Diana Perrazzo absolutely, you know, held up her end of the, the dance. It absolutely had just a big fight feel, um, and it was just both competitors absolutely brought it. It was an amazing match start to finish, and the right person won, which you can never really be sure that Impact is going to do that. They like to swerve you, bro. But uh, no, Trinity won as she was... Pretty much guaranteed to do but you know they did follow through with it and most notably she made diana perrazzo tap and i'm glad that they mentioned that because diana perrazzo had before now had never tapped in impact she had never had a submission loss and they played that up and they played it up in the follow-on and the, the fallout shows and the rematches and such but it was a really big deal it was a really big moment and i'm glad that impact gave it that moment and and allowed it to be that moment and it really helped put Trinity just, like, on the map in terms of the impact hierarchy. It really solidified her as a major player, which she was already, but, like, now she has the credentials to back it up. Um, So, again, it takes two to Tango, and absolute credit to both women on this match. It was amazing. Uh, I definitely suggest you watch it. It's available on Impact Plus. It's available on Fight, I think, and it's probably available several other places, including the high seas. What? But yeah, if you're going to watch one Impact match from 2023, this is the one to watch.
5: Hey, this is Shay Sawyer from the Big Pop Theory podcast. Um, so, my favorite women's match from this year, um, it's kind of like stayed the same like the whole time. Like, I've never changed it, even though there's been really, really awesome women's matches. But um, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. I just can't shake it that was my favorite by far Um, i just think that they have amazing chemistry and i think a lot of people you know myself included really felt like "Mm," they really didn't get to have the match that they should have had or wanted to have because you know obviously you know the world shut down and they had their empty arena match Uh, so this felt like a long time coming so i was really happy to watch and i was happy with how the outcome came so, yeah, that, that's my favorite match, uh, well, favorite women's match of the year. Hello, Grit and Glitter. It is Journey Burke Esquire, The Law of
6: Attraction. And my pick for Women's Match of the Year 2023 was Bianca Belair versus EO Sky at WWE Backlash in Puerto Rico. That match was everything I could have ever asked for in a women's match. I think the pops for Io were so well-deserved. Bianca, of course, is unmatched, and anything EOS guy does, basically, I'm, I'm in love with. So as a fan, that match was so much fun to watch, and as a wrestler, I've studied a lot from that match, and I could watch it a billion times over and never get tired of it. So that is why I've chosen that match as my pick for number one match of the year in 2023
7: for women's wrestling thanks
6: for having me and i hope to see you all again soon
7: hi this is glitterati member don hollowell and i'm talking about my favorite match of the year there are lots of contenders this year from the amazing match between masha slamovich and speedball in gcw the Iron Women match between Mayu and Millie and Eve. The Killer Dog Collar match between Masha and Killer Kelly. And the historic match between Jessica Troy and Ricky Self. But my favorite match was from NXT between Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch. I think NXT has been pointing out some amazing matches this year, especially in their women's division. This was an Extreme Rules match. And it was the main event at the No Mercy pay-per-view. This was a rematch from um, a match that they had previously where Becky had won the title from Tiffany Stratton. And this, as an Extreme Rules match would be, this match was absolutely crazy. They fought into the crowd and Tiffany got busted open pretty early in the match.
8: Tiffany has
7: amazing expressions when stuff like this happens. She just kind of, like, looks at the blood, and then she's like, oh, shit, and then she goes back to work. And then, like, in the match previously with Becky, she broke her nail, which looked brutal, like, super painful. And then she just kind of, like, blew on it and then went back to kicking ass. So, like, not only is she, like, such a diva and amazing, she's also super tough. So in this match, they like use all kinds of weapons, tools, shopping carts, even Barbie dolls. And the match ends when um, Tiffany misses a prettiest moonsault ever onto a stack of chairs, and Becky hits her with the Beck handle slam onto the chairs for the win. So I think so Becky retained the title, and I think this definitely elevated Tiffany and um still showed you know becky as one of the top wrestlers in the company in the world so um, i thought this was an absolutely incredible match check it out i think it's on peacock so check it out if you haven't seen it already and have a great one
5: hi this is candace cordelia from pro wrestling illustrated one of the best women's matches, in my opinion, that I was lucky and fortunate to witness in real time this year in the year of our Lord of 2023. mercedes Monet versus Kyrie and Battle in the Valley uh, just gave me chills. Really one of the most spectacular bouts I saw this year. Everyone has their opinion, but to be quite honest, the debut of mercedes Monet and Kyrie The entrances, the bravado, the chutzpah, everything just culminating in really this once-in-a-lifetime affair. And to see it just all shake out during Battle in the Valley for NJPW was truly spectacular. And I can't wait to see what both women get into, no matter their promotion. Uh, Just a, a banner year for women's wrestling, and this match is one of the matches that certainly proved it.
9: This is John Manning from Law Sound Tapes, and my favorite women's wrestling match of 2023 was Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart TBS Championship match at the first ever AEW Wrestle Dream in Seattle. Chris Statlander came out on top that night, but Julia Hart ended up winning the TBS Championship about two months later at Full Gear in LA. And Julia Hart was coming off of a 28 match winning streak at the time. Crowd is really behind her, but Chris Statlander was able to overcome. I was able to watch this match in person and it makes such a difference to me to be able to watch a wrestling match in person and there's just no no replacement for that. The whole Wrestle Dream event was a lot of fun and definitely a standout moment of my twenty twenty three. Julia Hart has such a great moonsault, and the ending of this match had Chris Statlander power up and out of Julia Hart's submission, Heartless, and then into a Tombstone pile driver, and then Sunday Night Fever. I'd recommend checking it out, and like I said, that ending transition is really cool. Hi, Grit and Glitter! I'm the
10: unwilting Tatiana, and my favorite women's match from 2023 was my Victory Pro Wrestling Women's Championship match against Nahia Robles and Brittany Brooks. The three of us really took it to each other. We had so much fun working together. They definitely did not hold back when trying to take my championship, and luckily I managed to walk away and still the VPW Women's Champion. That being said, it was such a great experience. It was such an incredible challenge for me, too. Triple Threats are always very challenging, no matter what's on the line. But when you have your title on the line, it raises the stakes quite a bit. Nahir and Brittany are amazing competitors, and I really, truly hope to work with them again in 2024. But from one of my final title matches of my 2023, it was pretty awesome. So that's my pick. Hopefully, everybody else had quite a few picks from this year, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Bye!
8: Hello, lovelies. It's me, Brian Bell, here from LGBT in the Ring and Outsports, taking a little bit of time out from uh, my own <laughs> QWI season work, seasonal work, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Either way, taking a little bit of time out of that here, because Harley and M uh, reached out. To me to ask me to talk about my favorite women's wrestling match from 2023 and obviously that list is long and hard to whittle down and especially down to just one um, but I think I do have one that I want to talk about definitely for sure but of course I'm going to cheat a little bit here and just mention a couple more that really stood out to me Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki's, uh outstanding uh, Princess of Princess Championship match back in March at Tokyo Joshi Pro. So emotional, so much long-term storytelling coming together in that one just made us super special. Same goes for um, the Rain on Me match at Bromatica, pro wrestling vibe between Ali Catch and Ashton Starr. I know it's not all women there, but Ali Catch just amazed in that match, um, and, and that hit a lot of emotions for me for different reasons, obviously. But I think the one match that really stood out to me the most is one that I was in person for, and that was out here at DOA Pro Wrestling here in Portland, the finals of the Queen of Thorns tournament between Abigail Warren and Amira. You just had this mix of like two people who were super close outside the ring, super close um, within the, the presentation of DOA Pro Wrestling. And you see that in the beginning of the match, when they're showing... Respect to one another before the bell rings, Uh, and then Abigail Warren throws it all away uh, and heals as best as she can, which is very, very well, mind you. And we get this knockdown drag-out fight between one of the hottest rising stars on the West Coast and now elsewhere after the Wrestling Open debut for Amira. And Abigail Warren, you know, second-generation wrestler, someone who has really established herself within California and Oregon, too. It's physical. It is intense. It is emotional. It hits all of the parameters that I feel make up a superb wrestling match. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and go check it out on IWTV. It is so good. The whole tournament's really good. But the final there is just, it's just a perfect encapsulated story of friendships thrown away for glory and seeing the consequences of those things occur. Just cannot recommend it enough.
5: Hey there, this is Stepstool Sarah, the non-binary Swiss Army Knife of professional wrestling. And so far, my favorite match... From this year is Rina Yamashita versus Masha Slamovich for the GCW Ultraviolet Championship from World on GCW at Corican Hall from October. A banger of a match. Amazingly talented women
11: main eventing in Corican Hall. Beautiful. Love it. Oh, such a such a perfect match. Hi, Grid and Glitter friends. This is Erica from Montreal. And my favorite women's match of the year would have to be from GCW's Tournament of Survival 8, where Rina Yamashita, Sawyer Wreck, and Casey Kirk beat the absolute living shit out of each other. I choose this one because it's the first time I've ever seen an all-women's death match live. And the energy in the room was just palpable like I've never experienced something like that where three women commanded the room and the respect of everyone. like it's just such a big way the violence it was just it was so intense and it was so amazing to see women in that position so I gotta go with that one and shout out to Rina for winning the tournament in the end Um, Some other honorable mentions, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. um, Masha Slamovich versus Mike Bailey at GCW in Toronto. And a shout out to all of the women from the IWS dojo, Katrina Creed, Melanie Havoc, Sam Kelly, Chris and Danny Leo. Yeah, these are all my favorite women. Thanks, guys. Have a great, great new year.
6: Hi, my name's the sweetest P. Cristera, and I'm a pro wrestler based out of Montreal. I was previously on the Grit and Glitter podcast. And yeah, we're just here talking about our favorite women's matches of 2023. And one that immediately comes to mind was on AEW's collision. It was the Owen Hart semifinal between Athena and Will Nightingale. So obviously, they're two very talented wrestlers. But moreover, they just had a really great contrast in characters. You got Athena, one of the best heels in the game. And then you got Willow, who's one of the purest faces. And in the match, they have good pacing. Every bit was as long as they needed to be. Nothing dragged on. You had good strikes. You had good selling. You have uh, Athena working a body part. It was just, you know, it was a really well-rounded match from start to finish. And if I'm talking about one of my favorite matches that I was in throughout the year, my personal favorite, you know, there's obviously a lot, but one that is very special to me was at Mystery Wrestling because first off, I was on Evil Uno's Mystery Wrestling so that was very cool, but I also got to wrestle Nicole Matthews. And I felt like between us, we had a similar thing that I liked in their match where we had a good contrast in characters. You know, you got a pure baby face, you got someone that is a great heel, you got good character work, but still a competitive match. And that's just what I love about wrestling.
1: Hi, I'm Kristen Ashley, owner of Belt Bells, a uh, women's uh, wrestling website. And I also am a contributor and committee member for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, focusing primarily on women's wrestling. So this was a great year for women's wrestling. There were so many matches to pick, but my personal favorite from this year would be Willow versus Athena for Athena's ROH Women's World title um, back in July for the um, Ring of Honor uh, Death Before Dishonor. So they main-evented, they were the last match on the card, which uh, actually was the first time in history that women main-evented a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So 21 years, this is the first time. Not to mention that they're both black women, so it's very important for representation on so many ends. Um, At that point, Athena had, this was her 12th defense. She had already been champion for like almost a year. I think it was like a little over 200 days, so a good part of a year. And it was just a huge moment. Willow's had an incredible year being shot to the top. And Athena, we all know, is just amazing. She's a great wrestler, great pickup. So, yeah, the the match itself was fantastic. It was clean. It was crisp. It was storytelling-wise. It was amazing, emotional. Both women, you could tell, knew how important it was going in, and they actually didn't even know until uh, reportedly about a couple weeks beforehand, I believe. So this was all kind of thrown on them, and to have that thrown on them for you know so soon to the pay per view, it I mean, it's incredible that they were so prepared and so clean and crisp. Perfect example of heel versus face. Willow is. Just, she's a self-made fan favorite, just incredible face. And Athena has really grown into herself as a heel and it worked perfectly in the ring. Uh, These were two athletes, not two women's wrestlers, but two athletes who really pulled out all the stops. Everybody agreed, you know, even, even Uncle Dave. Everybody agreed and it went 20 minutes, which is also incredible, especially considering, you know, the owner of these companies. So, And despite all that, a fantastic match, just blazoned into the histories, blazoned into my memory, and um, I know these two are still killing it, and they will for years to come.
0: Hey, it's Harley again, co-host of this very podcast, Grid and Glitter. Longtime listeners to this show know that before M&I started Grit and Glitter, we hosted a weekly Ring of Honor podcast called Talking Honor. The decision to stop doing our weekly ROH show in the fall of 2019 and start G&G was influenced by a bunch of factors, but one of the biggest ones at the time was our ongoing frustration with the mistreatment of the women in ROH. Women of Honor were not getting regular screen time, stories weren't getting treated with the gravitas they deserved, and more and more top names were forced to leave for greener pastures. When you fail to capitalize on women like Deonna Purrazzo and Wendy Chu and Tennille Dashwood and then fire and sue your champion for speaking out about gendered wage gaps and lack of concussion protocols, it's hard to continue to want to support something like that. One of the big appeals of starting a more broad women's wrestling podcast was that we wouldn't be tied down to any one promotion. We could cover great wrestlers from anywhere at any time. This meant that M and I both started watching a lot more indie wrestling, and we really became enamored of a whole new generation of stars, like Edith Surreal, Sea Stars, Trisha Dora, Willow Nightingale. We never could have imagined at that time that a women's match would headline an ROH pay-per-view four years later, or that Willow, one half of the Bird and the Bee, would be one half of that match. My favorite women's match, sorry, my favorite wrestling match of 2023, was Athena vs. Nightingale for the ROH Women's Championship in the main event of ROH Death Before Dishonor. Athena was one of my favorite wrestlers in NXT during a period when NXT was my favorite thing in all of wrestling. She constantly impressed, but she always bumped up against the ceiling that was Asuka, which is not her fault by any, by any means, it's just timing, you know? When she was called up to the main WWE roster, she did a whole lot of nothing. She suffered an almost career-ending elbow injury, she came back only to go on a losing streak, and then she suffered another ankle injury. So when WWE finally released her in 2021, at age 33, 14 years into her career, it would have been easy to assume that her best days were behind her. Instead, She's shown that she fully intends to follow in the footsteps of the Amy Sakuras and the Mercedes Martinez's of the world and just keep getting better and better, forcibly grabbing the spotlight from anyone who might have been reluctant to give it to her. So much so that she has become the number one star of ROH this year, the top champion, the face of the promotion, the main eventer. To pull this off in a promotion owned and operated by somebody who otherwise couldn't give two shits about women's wrestling is a testament to her talent, like no other. <laughs> and then there's Willow Nightingale. Maybe the best babyface in all of wrestling since 2015 Bailey. Willow unites fans across all genders, ages, experience levels, fandom levels. She's able to extinguish even like, the snarkiest of snark from the most ironic dude bros. She's basically the wrestling equivalent of the Muppets, where her mere arrival on screen is enough to light up your heart and bring an infectious joy to your face. And she can wrestle too. Call me simple, but my favorite wrestling matches are always a straight banger, one-on-one match between a villain you love to hate and a babyface that you desperately want to see win. Make me care. I want to be emotionally invested. I want to be heartbroken if the babyface loses. Not because the heel is a piece of trash person in real life and it sucks that the company's giving them a platform, but because the babyface is such a captivating character that you see them and say, yes, please give her the entire world. Athena versus Willow, main event of death before dishonor, slapped. Okay? That That should not be a surprise to anybody who's seen any of these women wrestle anytime, anywhere. They gave it everything they had. They called back to their previous matches against each other. They fought up the ramp and around ringside. They busted out signature moves from former women on grades greats like Daisy Hayes and Mischief, women who never got to wrestle for a championship in ROH, let alone in a main event. When Willow kicks out of the O-face, the arena erupts in a moment that made me tear up when I rewatched this one again today. And then she loses. Anyway. Because sometimes the good guys don't win. And sometimes that's okay. Code of Honor exchanged. These two owned the main event slot. They proved they deserve it. And they proved that they deserve even bigger stages and bigger opportunities in 2024. ROH hasn't returned to pay-per-view since this show in July, but they will in a week and a half at Final Battle. And if Athena versus Billy Starks doesn't main event, somebody's making a huge mistake. And if Willow doesn't hold AEW Gold in 2024, somebody's asleep at the wheel. You know what actually? Run this one back in Wembley Stadium for the AEW Women's Championship, you cowards. That's our show. Thank you, everybody, for contributing, for telling us about your favorite matches. I definitely haven't seen a couple of those, and I'm going to go check them out now. And then I'm going to do what I told you to do because I follow my own advice. I do what I say, not what I'm told. That's, I think that's what it is. I'm going to watch those matches. I'm going to go vote in the Glitter Bombs. tiny.cc slash grit glitter pod. Vote for all my favorites because i it's my favorite time of year, honestly. I love Christmas already, so this is like my double favorite time of year. We're layered here with things I love. i Spoiler alert, breaking the fourth wall, breaking kayfabe here. I tally all the glitter bomb results myself. I'm the one who goes into the analytics on the website, and I pull up those ballots. They're anonymous. I don't know who voted for whom, but I pull up the ballots, and I add up... The points, one by one. I add, I go, okay, first place, uh, Willow Nightingale, best baby face. That's plus five points for her. Second place, uh, Shane McCord, best baby face. Okay, that's plus four points for her. I'm the one who adds all that up and does that math. And I love it. I love every day getting to look at these results and look at the new ballots coming in and seeing how things shift and how the ground swells and just seeing the list of nominees in each category grow And grow as more people vote. 15 people nominated for favorite wrestler, 27 people nominated for favorite wrestler, 60 people nominated for favorite wrestler. PWI came up with 250. Let's see if we can top that. Because I know there are hundreds and hundreds of incredible women and non binary wrestlers out there right now killing it. I know there are. You know they are. This is your chance to shout them up. Please go vote in the glitter bombs. Thank you so much for listening to our show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. We'll be back next week with another episode talking about women's wrestling that we love, because that's what we do here every single week. Emma will be back with me next week. We'll be chatting about something or other in three weeks' time. We'll be here for the 2023 Glitter Bombs, our fifth annual year-end awards. We've got special guests already lined up. We've got special performances that's oh my god i'm saying too much i'm saying too much already i'll see you in three weeks at the glitter bombs and you know we'll everything will be revealed there
5: i promise